This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon and welcome to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture with me, Lim Su An. And together with me in the studio today is T. Xiao Ik. Now, our national COVID-19 immunisation programme is set to move into phase two in a few days. But registration rates for the vaccination seems uh, uh, still seem a long way from reaching that 80% that we need for herd, herd immunity. And on top of that, the Prime Minister recently said that the government is considering the possibility of a deadline um, for registering for the vaccine. So how will all of these affect our immunisation programme? And that's what we want to find out today. Yes, and we want to hear from you. Um, do you have any ideas on how we can get more people, encourage more people to register for the COVID-19? vaccination. So we have a poll with that question at our Twitter page at BFM Radio and we've got four options um, and, and, and you know you can chime in with other suggestions if you have but the four options for the poll are more education and outreach, travel restrictions, registration deadline or mandatory vaccinations. So do take that poll at BFM Radio but also tell us what other suggestions or ideas you have. You can also WhatsApp us at 018 and, you know, yesterday marked a whole month since the National COVID-19 Immunization Program mm. began. And while it seems like all that everyone can talk about is the vaccine yeah. and how, you know, it will save us from the pandemic, the registration rates seem to tell a different story, you know. A lot of people seem very excited, but the numbers are still quite low. And as of twi- um, the end of yesterday, 24th March, the total number of registrations was at um, just over 6,500,000. And that's just a little over 25% out of the 25.6 million people that um, need to be vaccinated in order for us to achieve that 80% um, herd immunity. Mm, yes. Now, so a quarter of that total 25.6 million people, yes, it's um, it's an impressive number. But if you look at how the numbers have changed over the past month, the progress has been relatively slow. So, for example, a week ago, total registrations for the vaccines was about 5.8 million people. That was 20, 22.7% out of the uh, number needed for herd immunity. So really, it's just been creeping up at about under 100,000 people a day. And um, the problem is that, you know, we are seeing phase two about to start in uh, in a week's time, well, less than a week, really. Mm. Phase three to start in May. So many experts are worried that not enough people have registered. And that means you won't see the vaccines getting into the arms, which is really what we need to be, to see the vaccines really being effective. That's right. And phase two will last from April to August and it'll involve about 9.4 million people especially senior citizens aged 65 um, uh, and above as well as other people who fall under specific high-risk groups and of course now the main concern with the low number of registrations is that, you know, whether senior citizens are registered at Mm. all because they are next in line to be vaccinated in less than a week, right? And anecdotally, I think many of us would be familiar to um, stories of how, you know, they might be worried about the vaccine side effects, they might want to just wait and see until other people get it, or, you know, perhaps they simply don't see the urgency to register now. Mm -hmm. 
But it does get quite worrying when you see news reports um, such as what came out last week when it was reported that 90% um, 90% of senior citizens in Selangor had not yet registered to be vaccinated. Mm. So that came from a news report by Harian Metro who spoke to Datuk Sri Dr. Zulkifli Ahmad, the chairman of the Selangor Task Force for COVID-19. So the task force attributed this low uptake to um, several reasons including low levels of digital literacy and difficulties among senior citizens in access accessing the internet, right, to be able to register on MySajatra mm. or even the website. But looking at official data nationally, we don't actually have numbers or statistics on how many of those, um, about 6.5 million who have registered uh, count among the elderly. So the breakdowns provided by JKJV on their social media platforms are only broken down based um, on states. Mm. And, you know, data aside, those anecdotal stories about senior citizens not wanting to register register yeah. or not knowing how to go That's about right. it and um, I remember last week we had a show on health and living we had um, our consultant uh, our regular consultant geriatrician professor Dr. Tan Mopin on and she was sharing about how you know digital literacy is a serious mm. concern that she's seen among um, her patients she was telling stories about how she had to help them to register sometimes you know just having to be very very patient teaching yeah. them how to go about it on their phones I or know. on their desktops mm-hmm. and you know and, and also not only that, right, but and specifically the the senior citizens who are perhaps living alone or perhaps living in aged care homes mm-hmm. or nursing homes, those are, you know, there is that question of whether will we reach them as well. Um, we also had Adun for Kampung Tunku, Lim Yue on, and, um, because, you know, she was doing some outreach programs and she was also sharing how her team did encounter vaccine hesitancy concerns oh, yes. when um, they met people, right, when they were trying to um, encourage the senior citizens to register, they, they were met with all these questions Questions on, you know, should I take this vaccine or that vaccine? You know, mm. is it really safe? And yes. questions like that. And 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 you know, I also came across articles online where, you know, one one for example on Code Blue, they interviewed five senior citizens and they shared all these concerns. You know, in some cases they simply don't have a f- smartphone. In some cases, you know, they they'll say like, oh, I'll just take it when my doctor asks me to. I, mm. I guess that's that. Um, yes, these are just anecdotal, but mm. that's that concern that. They are just, you know, a lot of us senior citizens are just employing this wait and see approach. Yes, and you say they're anecdotal, but I think we are hearing enough of them mm. uh, to recognize that there is a concern there. So, you know, despite us already being a month into the program, it's safe to say that many Malaysians uh, are still worried about the vaccine, uh, perhaps are not getting the information that they need mm-hmm. uh, in order to appease their fears. But on top of that, the Prime Minister recently announced that the government is mulling the idea of setting a deadline for vaccine registration and the reason given was uh, in order to ensure a smooth immunisation process. So let me quote the PM here. He he said, um, we cannot open the registration forever. So for example, let's say if we close by June, those who did not register by the end of the month will not get the vaccination. This will ease the immunisation committee to plan everything in detail. So yeah, that that came from the PM himself. Mm. And as most things um, do these days, especially when when it comes to COVID-19 vaccinations, you know, the proposal did get a lot of attention, mm. um, quite a fair bit of concern among people as to what impact this might have, right? For example, um, a couple of MPs commented about this. Ipo Barat MPM Kulasegaran commented that um, a June deadline is quote-unquote unrealistic and a bad idea, although he um, does agree that, you know, registration can't go on forever. But um, Bangi MP Ong Kian Ming also shared his concerns over on Twitter, I think, that it could be unfair to people living in rural areas as well as those 
those who, you know, genuinely have concerns about vaccines because you're not addressing those mm-hmm. concerns, right? And, you know, of course, right after the news report came out, there were a lot of people on social media who also pointed out how this could have a detrimental effect on our immunization program. Mm. And what do the health experts say? So an article in the Star did speak to some of them. For instance, Malaysian Medical Association President Dato Dr. Subramaniam agreed with having deadline targets. Um, but he said that the government should do more to encourage the public to register, such as by making house calls. Mm-hmm. Um, the article also spoke to epidemiologists from UM, Professor Dr. Dato Dr. Awang Bulgiba, and uh, he shared how the deadlines could help the government to plan uh, for things like storage, space and cost, right? But he did warn that it could lead to people refusing to get vaccinated because they feel like they're being forced to because that deadline is just looming over them. Mm. And, you know, so whether this deadline is um, having a deadline is realistic considering the rate at which our registrations are happening. Well, we're not sure about that. So we want to also get an expert to share his view on this. So after a short break, we'll be speaking to Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, a public health medicine specialist. Um, and he's also the director of the Slangor Task Force for COVID-19 operations. So we'll also be asking him whether the um, he's concerned about the registration rates in Slango. But in the meantime, you know, you can um, share your thoughts on us and we have a tutorial poll running as well. Yes, we want to find out what you think about, you know, what would help or encourage more people to register for the vaccination. We've got four options on our poll. More education and outreach, travel restrictions, registration deadline or mandatory vaccination. So take that poll over at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us 018789 Do also share with us, have you registered for the vaccine and why or whether you've heard stories from people around you. So don't go Go anywhere, we'll be right back after a few messages. This is the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to the Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture with Sue-Ann and Shawik this Thursday afternoon. Now, today we're discussing the low registration rates for the COVID-19 vaccinations as well as the proposal of a registration deadline by the Prime Minister. And the the reason given for that was so that the National COVID-19 Task Force could make a more detailed plan for the rollout of the vaccines and the vaccination process. Yes, and just very quickly, I'd like to visit the results of our poll. We've been asking how can we get more people to register for the vaccination um, leading is about 49% of you who say more education and outreach. After that comes about 32% who voted for making the vaccinations mandatory. 14% say uh, impose travel restrictions. You know, if people don't get vaccinated, they can't travel for mm-hmm. work, uh, education um, or, or, leisure. Or, or leisure. Exactly. And uh, just a very, very small number, 4.8% of you have voted for setting a registration deadline. Uh, so continue to take that poll at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. But to get another perspective on the matter, joining us today is Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, Public Health Medicine Specialist and also Director of the Selangor Task Force for COVID-19 Operations. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Farhan. Now, we are on the verge of starting Phase 2 of the immunisation programme, but there are a lot of concerns over the number of people who have registered for the vaccine. And recently, Dr. Sri Dr. Zulkifli Ahmad said that the Selangor Task Force for COVID-19 found that 90% of senior citizens in Selangor have not registered for the vaccine. Now, could you explain how the task force arrived at that number? Um, well, thank you for the question. I think the last, the number actually was found in the last um, screening that was done in uh, Selangor where they actually had a mass uh, sampling for the population. 
they also set up a vaccination registration booth uh, and asked all senior citizens who have not registered, who has come for the screening to register themselves. And that's when they found that out of all the senior citizens, I think nine out of 10 of them uh, did not uh, get themselves registered. So this number does not reflect the entirety of the whole state of Selangor, but rather during um, that particular event, which we can actually use as a yardstick to measure the amount of people who are yet to be registered. So do you think that the number for senior citizens is bound to be similarly high across the state and the rest of the country? Because right now the numbers released by JKJAV indicate that registration rates are quite low across Malaysia. Okay, I think uh, the last, last number that was counted was 6 million, right? So I think showing or demonstrating a specific number, uh, detailing out how many people have registered which actually represents an entire population, uh, gives us a fallacy in a sense where you do not know who the 6 million represent. Perhaps these are all 6 million who are bound in phase four, phase three, you know, who are the last people who should be vaccinated because as you know, these are probably the most tech savvy out of all the populations in the phases. But what would be more pertinent is to have data um, showing how many uh, senior citizens are there in the country and out of this number, how many of them are actually registered? And that will give us a clear yardstick for the rollout of phase 2A and phase 2B of the vaccination program. Uh, how many senior citizens are actually registered already? So do you think then measures to encourage people to register for the vaccination should be specifically targeted at people who are up next in phase two rather than um, a general campaign that targets everyone in the population? And how can we do that? Okay, uh, I think there's a way for us to answer this question. Uh, when was the last time your parents were actually visited by somebody from the federal government? It's most likely your answer will be you can't remember, right? And the reason being that these people are usually visited by people who are uh, perhaps from state or from local authorities or from punya, what we say, uh, the local council or the Ketua Kampung, if you are talking about villages. So these are the people who are more connected to the, to, to the, to the end user uh, or these old folks. Now, uh, empowering uh, the state empowering the local uh, heads, the local village heads, the local village chiefs to do it will be a more pertinent approach to actually getting these people registered. Because you must understand that a lot of these people do not have access to what we say, you have to register yourself on my Sejahtera app. They may not have access to a cell phone or they may have a cell phone, but they do not have data. Or you know what? somebody needs to address. Perhaps they are even uh, IT illiterate, which means that they don't even know how to download something on a Play Store. They might have been taught how to use WhatsApp. Perhaps that's the only application that they are associated to. They might not know where to find the MySajatra app. So these are things that we need to address and we need to do this in a way whereby we get to all these people who are in our senior citizens in the vulnerable group to get vaccinated as fast as possible. And a model that we can actually follow is what's being done in Sarawak, where they have actually gone into all these places, utilizing all these uh, head and village chiefs to do this. And we should employ it fast. 
because the vaccination program doesn't have like a start-stop button. It is a continuous rollout. And when the vaccines come, we should not be wasting our time getting people vaccinated when it arrives or when we have stock. Rather, we should be doing all these things now so that when it actually comes in the morning, we can start vaccinating people in the evening. Right? We do not have the time gap. So the faster we do this and the faster we actually close this um, gaps of registration, then we can get these things to be done fast. Because if you look at it, the Prime Minister has said that he does not want to impose another blanket MCO. That's right. So it's very likely that the economic sectors are going to be on 100% operationalized fully. And there is very high chance that the borders are going to be opened up soon. Right? The interstate restrictions will likely open up soon. And when that happens, you would want all these vulnerable groups of people to be vaccinated already. Right? We cannot be too long right? because perhaps it's tight. Perhaps the federal government is thinking once this phase two is vaccinated, then we open up the borders. So definitely you want the borders to open up fast. So to do that, you need to get these people vaccinated fast. And mm. for you to get people vaccinated fast, you need to get them registered now as in today or yesterday, not next month, you know. Mm. So that's how we should, we should move forward. So that model, Dr. Farhan, that you mentioned, which is being carried out in Sarawak, is the Selangor Task Force planning anything similar to get people to register for their vaccinations or uh, and to get local communities to help senior citizens to register? Yes, we have actually a massive rollout where we are actually employing, um, what we say employing, we are actually empowering uh, our adults, uh, the state local councillors, the exco members, uh, the uh, ketua kampongs, the head of villages. So every every single person down the line is being targeted now to get these people enrolled. And to be fair, I think the federal government is doing this and rolling it up to all the states. But what we would like um, to do is to get this done on a much faster on. on to get it done much faster. Because as you know, a lot of these people are located in areas where they are hard to reach. So getting 10 people registered is not the same as getting 10 people to sign up on my Sajatra in KL. It's going to be different because you have to be visiting home to home. And it's not about just getting them registered. So you must be able to comprehend vaccine registration. It's not just about submitting your name. It is about making the people understand what they are submitting their names for. So that's where the public health uh, engagement occurs, that you have to explain to them that, look, we are signing you up for a vaccine. Now, what is the role of the vaccine? Why is it necessary for them to take the vaccine and all these things? So that takes time. And you are going to a level where you have to explain to people who might be illiterate, who might, know, who might not understand fully what COVID actually is. And Definitely, that is going to consume a lot of manpower. And that is why we have to start now and we have to start fast. Now, we've heard that vaccine hesitancy is still a major issue and many people are taking this wait-and-see approach. There's a lot of hesitancy over the efficacy of different vaccines, right? People want to choose which one they get because they think one is better than the other. For example, a common comparison is that the Pfizer vaccine, which is said to have a 95% efficacy rate uh, compared to Sinovac's average of 50%. You know, people are making that comparison. But do you think it's fair to compare vaccine efficacy rates like that. Does that rate matter and how would you explain this to people? 
So you have to understand all vaccines are different. All right, all vaccines are different. This is not something that we're trying to hide or the scientific community is trying to play down or something. So all vaccines are completely different. That is 100% true. But all the vaccines serve the same purpose of ensuring that no matter which vaccine you receive prevents you from going into the bad form of COVID, which is category three, four, and five. And this is the most important and most pertinent, which means that no matter whatever vaccine you take, you will reduce or absolutely um, absolve yourself from moving towards uh, the bad form of COVID, which is category three, four, and five, which is ending up in the ICU, getting yourself intubated. Mm -hmm. Now, you may get COVID, all right? So it's the same as you may get a flu. But what we are trying to ensure the public is that no matter what vaccine you take, it makes sure that you do not progress to something that is extremely bad, that you may actually eventually die from it. Now, that is something that people must be able to comprehend. Stop looking at the efficacy numbers, right? Because that's talking about so many different levels. It's not just you are looking only at a percentage of something, mm -hmm. all right? But the most important component of vaccines is preventing you from going into severe COVID. And that is what we want to avoid. And that is the reason why the NPRA and all these other government agencies in other states and other countries as well have approved this under the EUA. Right. So uh, regardless where the vaccine is from, what is the main purpose of the vaccine is what is the main essence that people must understand. If you take this vaccine, there is a very high chance that you may not need to go into the ICU. There is a very high chance that you may not end up even needing to be hospitalized. That even if you actually get COVID after receiving the vaccine, you may just serve a home quarantine. All right. So that is the purpose of vaccination. Right, to allow us to return to normalcy. And I think giving people choices, when you give people choices, they make uninformed decisions. All right, You have one group saying, oh, we shouldn't take the Pfizer vaccine because it's mRNA. We should go for something else. But when you offer them a different type of vaccine, they say, oh, now we have to look at the efficacy. In the end, people who are actually ill-informed or do not have the adequate level of knowledge they will try to find reasons. And for me, I will not be able to actually change the mindset of this anti-vaxxers, which is absolutely okay with me. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to tell all these people who are anti-vaccine, do not spread that message to turn other people who may be able to take the vaccine. But after listening to you, they are already changed and they do not want to do it. Because in the end, right? We want to get to herd immunity. But if we have 100% vaccines in our country, which the federal government has already ordered, but all these people are preventing us from getting to herd immunity, how long do you think will our economy last? So it plays a big, big uh, role into opening up all these sectors. You know? So it's, it's, a, it's a very delicate issue. If you look at it, it casts a white net and the impact is so severe. And if people are not able to understand this, uh, they will not be able to understand that this is such a detrimental impact to the country and to the economy.
So there's a need to be more transparent and honest about it, isn't it, about the COVID-19 vaccination? Um, it's being upfront that, you know, it's not necessarily um, about preventing you from getting COVID-19, but it's preventing um, severe forms of the disease. And I guess acknowledging that vaccines are not perfect, but the purpose of them is to save lives. Which means you have to go back to the basis of this. I keep telling everybody the same exact narrative and I keep repeating myself like a broken broken recorder, all right? Vaccines are not cure. They have never, ever been marketed as a cure, all right? If I have fever, I take paracetamol. Paracetamol is not a vaccine. It's a medicine that actually cures my fever, which drops my temperature, right? If it's a cure, we wouldn't be giving vaccines as a preventive measure, which means that if you get COVID, I give you a medicine and then you get cured. That is curative. Mm -hmm. But vaccines are preventive, which means that it prevents you from a certain degree of disease, but it doesn't give you a 100% coverage of not getting the disease. And that is why vaccines are not the end solution, but it's actually part of the pandemic response. And this is something that everybody must understand. And the scientific community is not trying to hide this. Mm -hmm. Now, that is why, because we assume that people understand what are the role of vaccines. But perhaps we have probably overestimated the level of intelligence that our public has. Perhaps better we need to actually tell the people that vaccines are not cure, but vaccines are preventive mechanisms and tools which actually prevent you from going into something that is severe, that actually prevents death. So that is why we have things such as known as vaccine-preventable diseases. We take vaccines, right? But you will hear that people do get this other type of vaccine-preventable diseases, right? Because it's not 100% that you may not get the, the, the disease. However, vaccines serve the purpose of preventing you or limiting your risk of getting the disease. Now, that is the difference and that is what people must understand. Now, coming back to vaccine registration, the PM said that the government may propose a deadline um, for people to register for the vaccination, possibly sometime in June. And the reason given for that was that so that the task force could ensure detailed planning for the rollout for the vaccine. Now, what are your thoughts on the impact of a deadline on our ability to achieve herd immunity, considering that um, registration rates are still low? Okay, first of all, I'm going to be very honest here. Um, I think the deadline is absolutely absurd, right? So I think that it is something where it is being said just as a scare tactic. I keep, I keep mentioning this to everyone. In public health, you must not use fear. You must not instill fear in people because fear only lasts for a very short term. But the most important thing is that you have to go for empowerment. And empowerment is only achieved when people understand what is their role uh, whenever you want to do a program or whenever they want to run a vaccination program as big as this COVID-19 in, uh, immunization program. Empowerment will ensure that people are actually willingly uh, there because they want to be there, not because they fear of the repercussions. Now, when you do a deadline, my initial question is very simple, okay? You want to close the deadline in June, but what if I come in July? What's going to happen to me? Are you not going to give me the vaccine? Are you going to say now because you didn't register yourself in June, you're not going to be, have access to the vaccine? Are you going to prevent people from getting access to the vaccine? 
Or are you going to tell me that if I come off the June, you're going to be slapping me with a 10,000 ringgit compound? So definitely, if you do that, I'm not going to get the vaccine at all. Now, how do you know that in June, you will get 80% registration to achieve herd immunity? What if in June, you only get 50%? Are you going to say, all right, Malaysia will never achieve herd immunity because registration is closed? What, 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 what do you think is going to happen then? That is why I say, whenever you want to make any sort of announcement, regarding a pandemic or a solution as big as this that affects everyone, you must have to look at the root cause of the problem. Now, making announcement without actually detailing out how it's about to be achieved will not, will not actually get you anywhere. Now, in June, have you ensured that you have moved every single human resource available to you to get all these people registered? How long do you think states are going to need you take for Selago, for example, who have a high number of elderly folks, is June enough for them to register? Right? So, okay, what if my family does not want to register themselves in June? Right? So these are things that you I guess you have to be smart when you want to make policy statements or when you want to give when you want to give this sort of um, unilateral or what we say a very author authoritative statement. Because fear does not work anymore. You can see it outside. People are no longer scared of COVID, right? So people are moving around freely because they no longer think that COVID is actually as serious as it is. But it is actually, in fact, not true. People are dying every day, right? But people are not going to take your fear mongering anymore. People are not going to fall into this trap second time. That is why I say that the most important thing that you have to do is you have to go out on public education. You have to make people want to under vaccines not force them to take the vaccines, right? Because if you want to go down that road, all you need to do is just say that the COVID-19 vaccines are now made mandatory. It's much more simpler that way, rather than having a closing deadline. Because you, you and I both know that's not going to work. Now, the counter argument is that the government, the, the federal government has bought, you know, a certain amount of the vaccine. So ensuring that people um, do register early will help them um, to plan and roll out the vaccines up to February next year. Correct. But my question is, if the people don't register, are you going to prevent them from getting the vaccine? No, right? You and I both know that's not going to happen. If I register in December, I'm still going to get the vaccine in February. And this is the reason why people are still having the wait and see approach. They're saying, never mind, when it's my time to get the vaccine, I'm going to go and get it. When it's my time to actually go and travel out and I need an immunity passport to travel, then I'm going to take the vaccine. Now, because this is basic human behavior, there is no such way whereby we can actually force people to register themselves unless you make it mandatory. That's the reason that I'm saying the government now has to take a stance. Are they going to go on a voluntary mechanism? If it's voluntary, you cannot have a deadline on when to close registration. But if you want to have a deadline, then you have to make it mandatory, whereby people are all automatically registered, right? That makes it so much easier, right? So when you say it's mandatory, everybody is registered until you opt yourself out. Isn't that the better way for you to do this? Right? Because people are just too lazy to register. So why not make it automatically registered for all? So automatically you can declare 33 million Malaysians are now registered for vaccinations. However, uh, after two months, we have seen that uh, 1 million people have opted out of vaccination. Isn't that much better? Right. So if you would like to roll out the vaccination program, perhaps that is a mechanism that the federal government must think. Opt out rather than opt in. So just to clarify, you are suggesting that vaccine registration should be made mandatory and people then opt out if they refuse to take it? 
Mandatory registration does not mean that you are mandatory to take the vaccine, mm. but you are, you are automatically or mandatorily registered into the vaccination program so that we can roll out with all the uh, plans and all these things, whatever you need. But should you not want to take the vaccine, you have a button that says, I refuse to take the vaccine, make them fill up a 10-page form, why they should refuse the vaccine, and then they get out. Right? So it's a win-win for all, isn't it? Well, that's one way of looking at it. All right, before we let you go, Dr. Farhan, would you have a final message about COVID-19 vaccines? All right. Um, now, I think the message that we need to get across to everyone is this. Um, the vaccines are here and they are here to help. Uh, the vaccines are here and you might need to take it perhaps on a yearly or two yearly basis. We do not know, right? Because we do not know, it's imperative that you must take your vaccines now, right? Because it will play a role in opening up economies. It plays a role on you going to go back for Hari Raya, perhaps next year. It plays a role in you going back to schools and not having fear of your students get, or your children getting COVID. It plays a role in your daily lives. Now for you to return to normalcy, some sort of normalcy in this new form of public health response, the vaccine plays an absolute absolute, absolute important role that if you do not take the vaccines, you are not only destroying yourself, you may destroy your own family, you may destroy your region or your state, and you may destroy the economy, which means that you may destroy the country. So please understand the responsibility that's on your shoulders and why it's absolutely imperative that you must take the vaccines, whatever they may be, because this will make sure that we may return to some sort of normalcy in the end. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Farhan. That was Assistant Professor Dr. Farhan Rusli, a public health medicine specialist, as well as the director of the Slango Task Force COVID-19 operations. So we were speaking to him about um, the reasons behind um, possible low registration, vaccine registration rates. Um, and he shared how issues like digital literacy and access to the internet, as well as um, vaccine hesitancy contributes to low registration rates, especially among the elderly. Yes. And we did also ask him about the possibility of setting a deadline for registration which he thinks will not be helpful when it comes to getting more people to register. Um, his rationale is that it doesn't address the concerns that people have for not registering in the first place. Most importantly, he said that we shouldn't focus too much on the numbers of uh, the efficacy rate numbers when mm -hmm. we're talking about the different vaccines because the purpose of all of these vaccines um, is uh, to prevent severe COVID-19 and therefore save lives. Um, no vaccine is 100% effective, but all of the vaccines that have been approved have shown that they can do the job of preventing severe COVID-19, preventing hospitalization, preventing that uh, category 3, 4 and 5 of COVID-19 right. that he talked about and that keeps people out of hospitals and that keeps people well enough and that's the most important thing when it comes to getting the vaccination. Now we've been asking you uh, on our Twitter poll, how can we get more people to register for the vaccination? Um, we're still leading at a 46 percent uh, choosing more education and outreach. 34.2% of you are voting for mandatory vaccinations. 13% of you say impose travel restrictions. And 5.8% of you say set a registration deadline. So that one's actually coming in last with very low votes. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a few comments as well. Um, 
an option that we didn't provide but has come up in the comments <laughs> is to incentivize people to get vaccinations, to pay them money. That's coming in from Ed Saminathan <laughs> and uh, from Siva Wolf. And Siva Wolf, in fact, suggests maybe 100 ringgit for each dose and instantly millions will register because only money talks in Malaysia. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I guess it's the same like when you go and buy something at the shop, you'll get the freebie. So you're trying to negotiate for that in return, right? <laughs> maybe some sort of uh, like a, a bonus guess- point. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a precious bloom says, um, in this country, most people don't follow rules, but they bicker about it when they are caught out. In this case, if the, the if the government doesn't make it mandatory, the majority will just take things for granted and lepa. Um, okay, we've got Princess uh, who says there needs to be more education and transparency regarding the data. People are concerned when they read stuff like 11 people suffered from black clots um, due to the AstraZeneca vaccine. But, you know, if you put things into perspective, 11 out of tens of millions uh, and you make the scientific data widely known, uh, then, um, you know, people will be better able to understand what the headlines that they're reading, That's right. especially. Um, Shami says um, he agrees with the point uh, that was made earlier. Um, he says his dad is now helping his friends from the mosque to register. Lots of them don't have internet access and they don't know how to do it because their children cannot balik kampung. And um, yeah, especially in uh, ru- more rural areas, I guess, where um, data accessibility is still a concern. Mm. Connectivity is still a concern. I think that goes to show um, you know, the importance of having local communities mm. do this sort of work, like what Dr. Farhan was saying because you would know the people in your community the best so it's empowering a leader within each community with the right knowledge with the know-how on how to do so and then getting them and then you know sort of employing them to these little communities because they would know best how to talk to that individual right because they would know what approach is best taken with um, different families Mm -hmm. different individuals Mm -hmm. rather than having someone like you know a doctor for example who perhaps isn't familiar with um, that particular community to come in and just talk about the vaccines generally. Right, and it's 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 too abstract in mm. that sense. It's it's not a realistic way of supporting people. Uh, we've got a few comments on WhatsApp. Here's a, a contrary view, I suppose. Uh, he, uh, he says he's not, for, he's not for the vaccination for now uh, because he's been SOP compliant all this while and Malaysia has a high recovery rate of 95%. Uh, this is a sort of a view that has been addressed um, by our experts as well. And I think Dr. Farhan did in his final message talk about how important it is for us to get the vaccination because it protects people around us, isn't it? Um, We have another comment. Um, Now, this listener says, most senior citizens wish to have uh, to wish to get vaccinated but the problem is that uh, they don't know enough about the vaccination they are not savvy in using the digital platforms to register most senior citizens do listen to their doctors so we need to get doctors involved he also said the government should go house to house to ensure that um, everyone has registered and any deadline should not be imposed until the government has taken steps to ensure that all are registered. Um, And Ravin 
messaged in to say, uh, ask those who have registered to check if their family, colleagues and friends have done so. If they haven't, show them how to do it. If, if mm. the question is that they don't know how to. Um, Robin's message is that we are only safe when all are safe, i.e. when 80% have received the vaccination. Uh, yeah, so I think those are the comments that we've gotten so far. Yeah, and I think you know, hopefully, you know, people are more aware of the importance of getting their COVID-19 vaccinations that people, I guess, will take that initiative to talk to the people around them because, you know, you want to be the one making that change. And I think that's, you know, one of the best ways for us to get more people registered and to um, and when the vaccines finally are rolled out for more people to get those vaccines in their arms. So it might be a simple thing of just kind of being a bit capo, right? Yes. And just asking around, have you registered? And maybe it's as simple as they don't know how to do it. And maybe they're shy to ask. And uh, I know, Sue, and you've shared that uh, you've heard stories of people just sort of helping their friends mm. to do it. And yeah, I think it's perhaps just uh, that simple step of just um, asking first and then see what you can do to help. That's right. Um, and uh, now, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show. You can um, look us up on Facebook. We're at BFM The Bigger Picture to drop us a message or if there's anything that you'd like us to cover. Um, but if you've missed any part of today's show, you can download the podcast on bfm.my slash daily digest on the BFM app or wherever you get your podcast from. Now coming up at 3pm on Live and Learn, Hezra Ashraf will be speaking to Serena Hijaz and Boon Chewi uh, about how we can better cool down our cities through smart design and planning. I think as Malaysians, we're all very dependent on our cars and you know we tend to find that our cities aren't always designed for pedestrians, for walking about. So, you know, they'll be discussing what can be done to change that and you want to find out after the 3pm news bulletin. This has been the Daily Digest on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.